0: Tonight we look at the, the calling of Samuel, and this is all, all in connection. We, we obviously, when we when we preach as, as pastors, we're, we're looking at um, uh, one section of scripture, but we always want to take that one section of scripture and look at in light of what's happening in, in the grand uh, meta narrative of of the Bible. And those of you who weren't here last week, last week chapter two is a very important uh, chapter. This 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 duality of the the wicked sons of Eli contrasted with the the righteous. A prophet that God is raising up right there is wickedness in the land there's not much of, of the Lord because of uh, Eli and his wicked son so God rebukes Eli and says that your house will, will be no more and at the same time you get these little glimpses of God raising up Samuel and this is God's promise that he will always raise up a faithful priest to shepherd his people allusions as we look towards Christ well I'm going to begin uh, just by reading several verses of scripture and then I will pray and we'll dive in. 1 Samuel chapter 3 verse 1. Now the voice Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no frequent vision. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim, so that he could not see, was lying down in his own place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and He said. Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. Father, we thank you so much for this word and this calling of Eli. God, as we think about our own calling, how you called us, Father, when we were were not looking for you. God, we we pray, Lord, that you would just uh, call some tonight, Father. I pray for those who are yet to make that decision to, to, to be have their eyes open to your glory. God, I pray that you would do so tonight. God, let them respond as Samuel did and say, here I am. So God, bless the the people of God uh, under the, the preaching of God's word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So just contextually, just we want to begin in, in verse 1. Now, the, the, the boy... Samuel was ministering to the Lord in the presence of Eli. Those who know that backstory, Hannah did not have a child. She prayed to the Lord, "Give me a child. And I will give this child to the Lord." Uh, so Samuel was spending his time with Eli, ministering to uh, the, the Lord in those presence. And each year, what Hannah would do, Hannah and uh, Elkanah would come and they bring a linen ephod to give to uh, Samuel. We looked at this last week as a reminder that you are called to minister to. The Lord, His, he was marked from a from an early age. That when you kind of read through First Samuel, I would just kind of make note when you see the the age, right? The boy Samuel, the child Samuel, the young man Samuel. You just kind of see this this maturation process. We kind of talked a little bit about that last week. So, so Samuel is ministering. Uh, to the Lord in the presence of Eli. So Eli is kind of watching Samuel. And this is, I think, in in some ways, is God's kindness uh, to Eli. Uh, So Eli just messed up as a dad. There's really no other way around it. We see that as as the text goes on. He just messed up as a dad. He did not do what what dads should have done to, to their sons. So Eli is an old man, and what does God and his kindness do? He gives them another chance. He brings... Samuel in his midst, and he has this opportunity to help raise Samuel in a way that he didn't raise his own children. Uh, so there may be some of you here who, who think back to the way you raised your own children, and you may have regrets. Um, you know, I, I've, I have all my children are still in the house, 11, 9, and 6, and uh, beloved, there, are, there is already regrets, <laughs> right? Uh, I was reading an article um, the other day, and uh, Dad said, I just dropped my, uh, my daughter off at college. And I was not ready for the regret. Just reading the headline, I'm like, I'm not going to read that one, right? But I think that there's this, we always wish we could, we could do more. And I think what, what we see here with Eli is that he didn't do, raise his sons well, so then God kind of gives him Sam. And we don't know the, the relationship, really, with Eli and Sam. There's not a whole lot, lot there. But we do know that Samuel was ministering to the Lord, right, in a, in a godly way in Eli's presence. And just the culture of the day, and the Word of the Lord was rare in those days, there was no frequent vision. I think that's important. I think it's I think it's important in, in the biblical narrative, because I think what the author of Samuel is doing is trying to show us how uh, kind of a a picture was happening in Samuel's day to a picture happened what when Christ was born. right? we We saw that the same kind of language. Luke two fifty-two that Jesus grew in stature and wisdom you know, among men. Same language with Samuel. Uh, there is not a faithful priest. God's raising up a faithful priest. He's doing it in, in Samuel's day. He's doing it in Jesus' day. So I think this idea that there's no frequent vision in the land, that's really what was the, the, the period of the Lord. Before the Lord came, there was no frequent vision. There was not a hearing of the Lord. This is why when, when Zachariah got that vision in, in the temple, um, he was surprised. And he spoke and he questioned the Lord and God gave him gave him silence. So because the people of God were not walking with the Lord, God did not speak. Hear that. Because the people of God were not walking with the Lord, God chose to refrain from speaking. I mean, he spoke for a time and then because of their obstinance, because of their disobedience, he just held back his tongue. He did not give uh, vision. He did not give the word, you know, one of the, 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 the blessings for me as a pastor, to be able to pastor this people, is that you are hungry for the word of God. And, and the, the beauty of you is that you don't live your life for Christ only on Sunday. Some of the people who have come so I've never seen a church, people living their, their faith out all week long. It just becomes part of who they are. And I think because of your hunger for the Word of God and your hunger for righteousness, because you hunger and thirst after righteousness, I think God is is satisfying us, right? I think God is, is filling us up and he's giving us the Word, right? We're seeing people being converted. We're seeing people grow in righteousness and godliness. But when that doesn't happen, the Word may go forth, but what happens? It just falls. It falls on deaf ears because the people of God are not prepared. So there's always a duality. It's not just the giftedness of the preacher and the, the wisdom of the preacher. It's the people of God and their receptivity of the word of God. So there's, there's a duality every single Sunday. So right now, if you're not prepared to hear the word of God, the words will go out and they'll just fall flat and you will leave unchanged. But if you are hungering and ready to hear from the word of God, when the word of God goes forth, that you're going to receive it, be transformed by it, and go out to transform the world. In Eli's day, there was not a lot of word. It was rare in those days for God to speak. And we see this often in Jesus's ministry, right? Uh, there's oftentimes Jesus didn't speak, right, because of unbelief. So he went to somewhere else. Chapter, verse two. At that time, Eli, whose eyesight had begun to grow dim so that he could not see, was lying down his own place. So we know that now Eli is now an old man. Okay, some of you know this happens when you age, right? Your eyes start to to grow dim. You can't see what you once did. And, you know, when you're in that state, you know, as Gary often reminds me, you you, you tend to be a little bit more tender hearted. You tend to be a little bit more reflective. Right. Uh, You realize that your your time is coming when you're going to meet the Lord. And there's a lot more awareness of things that are, are truly important. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down. In the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. So just understand where Samuel was being. Samuel, the boy who is ministering in the presence of the Lord with Eli, is, is where? He's laying by the ark of the covenant. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You know, I said this a couple weeks ago with you young men and women, uh, young ladies. Um, you're, not, you're never too young to serve the Lord. You're never too young to serve the Lord. You want to give your life to the Lord at an early age. So maybe the, the, the picture here is the Ark of the Covenant is, is where the Ten Commandments were. And that's where where, where uh, the, the picture of God's presence and, and God's mercy rested. Well, I think for, for you as young people, I pray that you would make the, the the place of God's presence, which is now the church, right, where where God fills up his people and we are the temple of God by his Holy Spirit. I pray that you would make that your home. I, I pray that you would love the, the church. You would love the gathering of the saints. And you that would become such a part of who you are that you would be ministering to the Lord in that way. And you'd be formed and shaped by it. Because there's going to be times in your life where you're not going to want to go to church. Right? There's going to be times that's still going to be the case. And one of the one of the ways that we try to, to parent you is that we want you in the pew. We want you in the pew with everybody else. Why? Because we want to become normative as part of our culture for parents are sitting with their kids, and kids are in the services. Why? It's because you can watch how everybody in this room now is, is hearing the word of God. So if you're not a child, if you're older, uh, I, I'm telling our kids to watch how you how you worship. I want them to see genuine, authentic believers every single Sunday when they're gathered with the saints saints of God. Samuel knew that the Ark of Covenant was important, so he laid down next to it. We're trying to communicate to you and trying to communicate to our entire body that the worship of the saints is tremendously important. And what happens when people walk away from God, the first thing they do is they walk away from the church. This is why God says, do not forsake the gathering together of yourselves, right? As is the habit of some, but encourage each other as long as the day is drawing near. So I pray that you would be like Samuel and you would go where the presence of God is. Verse 4, then the Lord called Samuel. And he said, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He said, I did not call. Lie down again. So he went and lay down. Um, Now, Eli may have been sleeping, right? So let's give Eli a little bit of, uh, like, a little bit of credit here. Sometimes you can maybe interpret this bad, but all I know is that when when my children wake up in the middle of the night, the first thing I want them to do is go to lay back down, right? Right? I'm not really worried about what's really happening in your life. Just go to bed. So Eli is probably just saying, "Listen, I didn't call you. You're 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 just kind of go back, go back, go back to sleep, child." Um, but you got you have to love Samuel's eagerness here. Okay, Samuel thought he was called by Eli, and what does he say? Here I am. What do you need, Eli? What do you need, priest of God? Now, he's not responding. He's, of course, the Lord's calling him. He doesn't know it's the Lord, at the time. He just thinks it's Eli, and what is his response? Here I am. Again, children, one of the first commands um, that children are called to, to, to listen to is obey your parents in the Lord, for this is Right. And I think it's hard sometimes for children to obey their parents. Okay, that's hard. But what does God want you to do? God wants you to obey your parents. And I think Samuel was modeling that for you. Now Eli is not his his biological father, but he was the one who was caused to raise him. So what is he's called, and he says what? Here I am. What do I have to do? He's not going there and saying, "It's late. I'm tired." I don't feel like doing that right now. It's, here I am. That's the kind of obedience you should have for your parents. When they ask you to take out the trash, here I am. When they ask you to get ready to church, here I am. And I'm, of course I'm saying that as a father, but I'm also saying that as a pastor. Because that's what we see Samuel as. right? And we see a, a picture of obedience to parents as a good and godly thing in the Bible. right? Let's make sure that we do that more and more. Verse 6, And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli. Here I am, for you called me. But he said, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Now Samuel did not yet know that the Lord did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Isn't that interesting? This young boy who's sleeping by the Ark of the Covenant, his whole life is revolving around the word of the Lord, did not know the Lord. Now, it does not say he did not know about the Lord. There's a lot of people who know about the Lord, but they may not know the Lord. And notice what the verse says. It says the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Do you see what's happening here? Samuel wanted to know the Lord, but God did not reveal himself to to Samuel until it was time. Samuel could not be closer to the Lord in a physical sense by sleeping by the Ark of the Covenant, giving his time and his talent and his treasure and his whole life to service of the Lord, and yet he did not know the Lord. Friends, listen, it doesn't matter how often you come to church. It doesn't matter how often you read your Bible. Unless God reveals himself to you, you will not know him. You have to pray and ask God to open your eyes to see God. This is why I had Matt share his testimony tonight. Because Matt said, listen, I was in church my whole life, right? For these last, you know, two plus years, he's been thinking about the things of God. He's been, he's been studying. He's been hearing, he was hearing sermons. But it wasn't until yesterday where his eyes were opened. And God revealed himself to him. And he knows that a shadow of doubt that he's been saved, that the Holy Spirit was poured into his heart with, with love. And now he's a believer in, in Christ to the heart. So there there's a lot of people that, that come to our gatherings. But when when we come, we want to make sure that are we do we know the Lord? Has the Lord the, the Lord been revealed to us? But not just us, our, the people in our congregation. One of the prayers that I pray that you pray every single Sunday is that the that the word of the Lord would be revealed, that eyes would be opened. And we pray that often, right? That if there's people here who don't know the Lord, were far from God, that God would save them, their eyes would be opened. Samuel was around the things of God and yet did not know God. Friends, that that can happen. We can be deceived. I think Hebrews 6 points that out. Verse 8, And the Lord called Samuel again, the third time. And he arose. And went to Eli and said, "Here I am, for you called me." Then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. This probably was a was an interesting moment for Eli. You know, he 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 was a priest, and he should have been expecting for God to speak. As Christians, shouldn't we expect God to speak to us through His Word, to reveal things to? To, to, to give us impressions from his spirit to, to push us to do things God is an active God he he wants to show himself to us and yet here there was not a lot of word being revealed in his day so after you don't hear from the word for a while what happens you just stop expecting it one of the one of the amazing things that God is doing in our church is, Created an expectation of his movement among our people. We expect God to move. We expect God to save people. We expect God to to grow people. We expect God to to raise up and grow elders. We expect God to send people to the mission field. We expect God to move. Why? It's because we're seeing God move. You know, a couple uh, came, uh, joined the church last year, and they said, We've just been looking for a church. Where God is moving. We just want to see God at work. And when you don't see God at work, guess what? That is the norm. That's the normative pattern. We don't expect God to move. We'll just go about our day. That was Eli. But in this moment, he perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Verse 9, Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls, you shall say, Speak. Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. It's interesting that, that God gave Eli this privilege. He raised two sons and let them go wild and all sorts of craziness happened. And the people of God were were were, were, uh, were diminished under, under his leadership. And here, God is giving Eli the, the, the great privilege to tell the prophet that he's raising up to replace him. Go lie down, and when God calls, say, Lord, speak. Your servant hears. It's interesting that even there, I think Eli is trying to tell Samuel, um, almost maybe a corrective for his own ministry, that Eli did not serve the Lord. Remember last chapter, who did he serve? He served his sons more than he served the Lord. So here, Samuel is being raised up. He's saying, Listen, your servant. Of the Lord. I think that's God's kindness to Eli. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Verse 10. And the Lord came and stood calling out as other times. Samuel, Samuel. You see how the intensity kind of has, has risen here? Double named. Um, we all know the double name or the, the government name when your parents call you. With the intensity in which you should respond. Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Beloved, that is just a powerful verse. I pray that the people of God at Park would always say, Lord, your servant hears. Go read read through the ministry of Jesus and, and read through how important is the hearing of the word of God. You know, Gary preached on, on Matthew 13 uh, over the summer, how, how we hear the word of God, right? How, how, how fertile is our soil? Are we the, the, the rocky path? Are we among the thorns? Or are we fertile ground? We want to be fertile ground as as the, your, we are servants for God to, to hear us. Verse 11, Then the Lord said to Samuel, Behold, I am about to do a thing in Israel at which the two ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. I just love sometimes how the Lord speaks to his people. On that day I will fulfill against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house. From the beginning to end. And I declare to him that I am about to punish his house forever for the iniquity that he knew, because his sons were blaspheming God, and he did not restrain them. Therefore, I swear to the house of Eli that the iniquity of Eli's house shall not be atoned for by the sacrifice or offering forever. So, what God said to Eli first, this was going to happen. I'm going to raise up a priest to fulfill this command against you. He does it in, his, in this way to, with Samuel. It must have been really hard for Samuel to then go to Eli and share these words. Uh, but the vision here is, is not primarily about, about Samuel, right, about what Samuel is called to say. The vision is what God is going to do for his people. God is going to vindicate and protect his people. Protect his witness. He's going to to raise up a priest to give good words to his people that they can be formed and shaped into his image. And he's going to punish those leaders who are doing things falsely. Just as a note, in verse 13, it says, "Because his sons were blaspheming God," uh, some translations say, "blaspheming themselves." Uh, there's certain things in in the in the transcription of of uh, the Bible that have slightly different uh, nuances, right? So blaspheming God and blaspheming themselves is one uh, letter in the Hebrew. And they think that the original Hebrew says blaspheming God, but a lot of of pious scribes, uh, they say, didn't want to write that in, so they changed it to themselves. We know that what Eli and Eli's sons... um, Hophni and Phinehas were doing. They were they were not respecting the, the sacrifices of God. They were desecrating them. They were laying with, with women. Um, I don't think it changes the meaning in any way. Uh, but just note, just, just for a point of note, that um, those things are there in in the Old Testament and, and the New in terms of how we um, understand which is the, the way the Word of God was written. And I just say that to say that we, we know pretty, you know, uh, confidently that the Hebrew the original text says blaspheming God because there's so many different translations there's the different um, manuscripts that when you compare them we kind of know what was actually said uh, but just to make sure that you were aware that that does happen uh, so verse 15 Samuel lay until morning you can imagine what going through his head you know if you just get get a, get a vision from the Lord did he fall back asleep? Probably not. He's probably just staring at the ceiling and just thinking about what he has to do. He's got to go to Eli and he's got to tell him what just happened. Because you know he's going to ask, right? I'm sure you have people in your life that always ask you questions, right? And As soon as you enter their presence, they kind of start asking you three or four different questions. You just know they're going to ask. So you better prepare yourself. Samuel ate till morning and then he opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell the vision to Eli. But Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. Did you see that language there? Samuel, my son. So we know that Eli, his sons were supposed to take over and be the priest of God. But we know his house was ending. So even here in Eli's mind, he's looking at Samuel and says, Samuel, my son. I think Eli knows what's coming. And Eli said, he said, here I am. And Eli said, what was it that he told you? Do not hide it from me. May God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me of all that he told you. So Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. God pronounces his judgment. Eli hears it. He hears that my house is over. My sons are going to be Destroyed. There is going to be another one who's going to be raised up in in my place, and now he knows that it's going to be to be Samuel. What is Eli's response going to be? Right? Woe is me that God pronounced judgment. Woe is me that, that my my line is going to die. Woe is me that my sons are going to be destroyed. And, and, and Eli could have easily focused on him on himself and what happened. And he said, "It is the Lord." Let him do what seems good to him. Friends, that's how we should respond to when God pronounces his judgment, when God pronounces his blessing. If God chose, chooses to bless another church over ours, if that's the Lord's will, we say amen. If God chooses to give, give me cancer or give my wife cancer and not somebody else, if it is of the Lord, Let him do as he is good to him. We know that God is good. We know that God is gracious and that God is kind. We know that he he knows our ends from the beginning. He knows exactly what needs to happen in our life. He throws trials in our lives to mature and and to shape us. And yet we know that sometimes when we do things that require the Lord's judgment, it is right for us to say, he is the Lord. Let him do what is good to Him. Just think about that for a second. Could you say the same? If you stood before the Lord, you you heard that, that your house was ending, your lineage was now over, that God was going to take your children, that you were going to have to answer finally and fully for your sin. Beloved, if we were put into hell, because of our sin against a holy God. When we were in hell experiencing God's wrath, we would know that God is fully just and right to put us there. Everyone who is in hell knows why they're in hell, and they have no complaints against it. Judgment has been pronounced. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And isn't it just like our Lord that he didn't see what was best for us to leave us in our sin? To, to, to allow us to, to take what we deserve because of our sin against the Holy God. What was good and pleasing and right in the eyes of God was to send his Son. To take our sin on the cross to take the wrath of God, to be forsaken, to be stricken and smitten by God so that we could be forgiven. It is the Lord, beloved. Let him do what seems good to him. Those who, us who, who know Christ, the Lord wants to do good to us. That's why he sent Jesus. That's why he, 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 he allowed him to die for us and allows him to be raised for us and allowed him to be ascended for us, to sit at the right hand of God and poured out his holy Spirit to us. God is so good to us. And if he didn't send salvation to us, he's still good. If he doesn't send salvation to your children, to your grandchildren, to your parents, he is still good because he's God. His ways are above our ways and his thoughts are above our thoughts. We are creatures. He is the creator. And I think that's what Eli is trying to show. Eli knows his sin. He knows all his regrets, all his mistakes, and he knows that this is the Lord No matter how harsh the judgment, how harsh the punishment is, he knows that that God is in this. So we see in verse 19, and Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him. And let none of his words fall to the ground, meaning that everything that he said came to pass. All his words went out and they uh, were were, uh, met by the Lord, a son of a true prophet, that one who speaks, his words come to pass. Verse 20, all Israel from Dan to Beersheba, knew that Samuel was established as a prophet of the Lord. And the Lord appeared again at Shiloh, for the Lord revealed himself to Samuel at Shiloh by the word of the Lord. And the word of Samuel came to all Israel. So there was a period of darkness where God's word did not speak. God raised up a priest to give his word to his people. Uh, We see the same thing in the times of Jesus. There's a time of darkness. The word of God was not spoken. God raised up a faithful priest to preach the word to his people. That if you repent of your sins and trust in the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be saved. Beloved, I, I, I praise God that this is the good word that he gave to us. That it is of the Lord to bring salvation. Salvation belongs to God. And He freely and generously gives it. All we must do is know Him. The song that we sang today, Pass Me Not, O O Gentle Savior, while others you may be calling, please don't pass me by. If you are one of those number and, and feel that you don't know the Lord, whether you're young or you're old, I pray that you would say, God, reveal to me Yourself. Open my eyes to see Your glory. Help me understand that you saved me through the death, burial, and resurrection of of Christ. Let us not be like Samuel was among the number of believers, yet one who did not know the Lord. Let us be like Samuel became. One who heard the word and said, Here I am. Speak. Your servant hears. Father, we pray that your servant's would hear. Help us hear the word of the Lord. Reveal yourself to us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing.